0: Hey guys just going to talk about my draft strategy moving forward in 2021 now for those of you that have paid attention to my draft competition so far this year when i do the weekly review of my team you'll know that i have got reasonably lucky this year um, when you have a look at the ladder i'm currently sitting second out of 14th uh, which is fantastic i think i've uh, i think i've played eight years now and i think i've missed the top four once so i generally tend to make the top four uh this year though i have been very lucky and there's no hiding away from that uh, uh, obviously, as I said, I'm coming second on the ladder. Uh, I've got a record of 12 and 6. Uh, but when you actually have a look at the points that have been scored this year, um, I'm actually coming 12th. So I've jumped up 10 spots probably from where I should be. I have had good matchups. I've had the least amount of points scored against against me, which has been fantastic. I've been very lucky in that regard. Funnily enough, and I guess it's not that f- funny enough, but I've got the least amount of points scored against me. I'm coming second. Uh, the guy with the second least amount of points scored against him, is coming first, so a lot of these competitions, it does come down to where you finish, um, and also the, the just the matchups you get against you. I mean, if you get buried under a couple of big scores, it can really blow that sort of stuff out. And look, it's not an exact science when you look at those scores because uh, there can be guys who who you know have had light runs other times, and they cop a couple of these you know, 150-plus uh, point-score captains, um, and it sort of evens it out. But but for me, realistically, I have been very lucky. I haven't really copped any huge captaincies, um, even origin weekends. I've also had guys that have scored pretty low against me. Uh, I think my highest score against me in origin was 400 or something. So I have got lucky as far as point-scoring goes. Um, and realistically, with updates and everything... I've only been unlucky once. Uh, There was a game that I lost by one point in updates that realistically I shouldn't have been in. I was lucky to be as close as I was. So no doubt about it, I have been lucky. And I am up the top of the ladder, which is fantastic. I've got three games left. I think if I can win one of those three, it guarantees me a top four finish. Ideally want to finish second or third, though. Um, I've got a feeling just by looking at our ladder and whatnot that the guy that's going to finish fourth, he's going to be the fellow that's going to have Tom Travojevic. So to be perfectly honest with you... I want to avoid him as long as I can, and I would be more than happy to play him in the grand final. Realistically, I think in most of your competitions, unless the person with Nathan Cleary in your comp is doing really well, which, um, if it's a deep draft comp and they ha- and they pick Nathan Cleary, I mean, in, in a comp like mine, fourteen man comp, Nathan Cleary, I would say that in just about every single comp he went second, absolute latest third. Um, that person didn't get another pick for another twenty six players. So Nathan Cleary was going to be crucial. He's been out for a couple of weeks. Uh, that person has probably dropped down the pack a little bit in our competition the guy that has Nathan Cleary he's fallen off a cliff he's going to miss the eight now so Nathan Cleary is out of the picture Tom Travoyevich is your biggest high scoring captain obviously we play captains league as well so for me I want to avoid Tom Travojevic as much as I can until grand final week when, personally, I think there's a really good chance he gets rested. Hopefully, Manly, they keep winning games over the next few weeks and they get to that last week and they can rest a couple of fellas. And I have no doubt Hazler will take the opportunity to rest Tom Travojevic if he can, which would be massive. And that's the reality of Supercoach. Uh, You need to be... You need to pick a team that's going to get you to the grand final, but then you also need to take into consideration, it's all good and well to get there, but if you don't have a team that's going to be on the field, it doesn't really count, and that's been my problem over the last few years. As I said, I've been I've been in this comp eight years, I've finished top four I think seven times, I think I've missed it once so far, um, and that year I, I actually won the comp anyway, so I won it twice out of eight years I think, twice out of eight, and... Uh, the one year that I did miss the four, I I, I got a little bit lucky and I, I went on a really good one, run. But that, that's the whole point of these of these super Coach comps is that you get to finals and that's when the comp starts. Yeah, it's all good and well that I've, I've finished second with the least amount of points. It, it, it doesn't matter because the comp starts when finals start realistically. I would have been happy just to make the eight. I've made the top four. A little bonus for me, which is fantastic. Probably didn't deserve it, but I'm there. It is what it is. So now we've got to take advantage of it. And the guys in my comp that are listening to this, they'll, they'll probably giggle, but... I really do give myself a really good shot to win this comp from here. Even though I've scored the least amount of points, I think that the way that this comp's going to end up and where I'm going to be placed and the matchups I'm going to have, I'm really, really looking forward to the finals because I think I can really pull a few big upsets and give myself a real chance at winning it. So, as I always say, you need to be thinking in your Supercoach comments. Round 19 now, we've got three weeks left. So, in my competition, round 22 is when the Supercoach finals start. So hopefully, if I win one of my next three, I'll have a top four finish. So I will have week one. If I win that, I get week two off. Now, when you have a look at my team, and this is something I've done on purpose. This isn't a fluke. I've learned a lesson from the last few years where I've made it to the grand final. I've won two premierships. I've also lost three out of the last four grand finals. So I've always been there and thereabouts. But it keeps on happening to me. I get to the grand final and I have a heap of guys rested. Last year, I, I actually should have won. Realistically, I I, I didn't have asthma. I, I think I had Bateman and Kickout rested, which really hurt me. But I had enough quality to cover them. Uh, but I had guys that didn't perform in the grand final. That turned out to be costly. I had Harry Grant, Payne Haas, both went under about fifty-five points, which was devastating. Um, no one else will probably remember, but I will because it'll haunt me till I go to the grave. Last year, Payne Haas scored a try in that game and scored 55. I mean, he was averaging 80, uh, 75 or something for the year. So that was devastating. Uh, he was my vice captain. Uh, Cause he didn't go up. I didn't get to, ca- I didn't take his vice captaincy. I-, I gambled on Grant who got 55. And of course I lost by 50 points. So Paynehouse would have got his average. I would have been there and thereabouts. Uh, but, It's what you've got to be doing in these comps. You've got to be looking at who is going to be rested, predicting who you think it's going to be, depending on where teams are going to fall, and then have the guys to take advantage of. And this is a big reason why... I really liked Cody Walker in the preseason because he's a guy for me that I don't think he's going to get rested. I think South Sydney will just play through this period. I think Cody Walker will be very excited to finish Adam Reynolds' South Sydney career side by side with him Um, and I just can't see them being rested in the last few weeks. They're going to play the Roosters the second last week of the season which I expect Cody to be up for the week after they play the Dragons and in my opinion by that point the Dragons are going to be begging to have this competition over Uh, and I, I think Cody Walker's in for a big performance there on Grand final day but said, if I make the top four, which I think I will at the moment, week one, the matchups are great for me. If you go through my team, which as it stands at the moment, hooker I've got Andrew McCulloch in my front row. This is my weakness. I've got Takiyaho and I've got Jacob Saifiti. Now, you'll all remember that I never really put too much emphasis into front row forwards. I spoke about it all preseason. I got to draft day. I took Cody Walker first. I got to second and I got lured into Takiyaho and it's probably an error looking back because I thought he was going to be goal the whole year. Obviously, Sammy Walker stepped up. He's sort of taken the tee. Takiyaho's had a couple of injuries. He's been disappointing. So my front row forward, which is the position that I thought all and ah, don't worry about it. You'll just find someone later. It's become really difficult to find decent front row forwards, especially with the way that the game's being played nowadays. Front row forwards, the good ones, they're actually become really hard to find. And that might not be the same in everyone's comp, but in my one that's a 14-man league, and, geez, I can only imagine what people in a 16-man league are doing. It must be very, very difficult. Front row forwards, they've been hard to come by. In the second row forwards, I've got a heap. I'm absolutely stacked there. I've got Nathan Brown. I've got Victor Radley. I've got Lua. They've been my big three all year. A couple of weeks ago, I picked up Ty Wilton. Uh, he's been a sensational get. He's looking like a 50 to 60-point player a week and a sneaky little captain option if I need someone safe. And then, of course, the other day, I picked up Corey Waddell as well, who looks to be playing big minutes at Canterbury and just pumping out 50, 55, 60s. So the reason why I've got so many second row forwards is because I can't find a front row forward either, but I'm also no... That when I get to the Supercoach finals, that I'm going to be playing with an AE. So that means that I'm not going to keep all these guys on my bench. I'm going to be playing with an AE and I'm going to be taking a 50 or a 60 off my bench to replace another position somewhere. I would love to have a higher ceiling guy, which I potentially might be able to have. I'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm sort of stacking my bench so that I'm ready to for those Supercoach finals. Front row is going to be an issue for me. I was always planning on halfback being my AE. As you guys know, I never really drafted a halfback this year. I drafted Matt Burton and then about two weeks into the comp, I thought, "Fucking, I'm wasting a spot here. I'm just going to go an AE there. I'm going to fuck around with guys, see what happens. I don't have the patience for Matt Burton. He's turned out to be a superstar. So that one has really hurt me. If I would have kept Matt Burton in my side, gee whiz, I would have been a very, very scary prospect this year. But that was a mistake on my part, not being patient. Um, so in the second row, I'm stacked. I've got got heaps of numbers there. Halfback at the moment I've got Tommy Dearden who uh, hasn't been overly impressive for the Cowboys but he still seems to just put points on the board Tom Dearden. He's averaging 37 this season. Since arriving at the Cowboys I think he's averaging about 45 or so. He scored a try the other day. He scored 60 on the weekend uh, against the Roosters in a game that um, was really hard for him to score in realistically. So Tom Dearden he's probably my weak point and he was my plan to be my AE and hopefully if my front row forwards are both on the field Uh, at the end of the season I can just drop him and play without him but since arriving at the Cowboys uh, week 1 was disappointing 17 since then he's gone 76, 33, 45 and 60 so uh, since arriving at the Cowboys he's averaging about 46, 45 points so not terrible for Dearden but I don't really see him in my team long term in saying that I don't mind the Cowboys run home as I said week 1 of the finals they play the West Tigers so I would probably use him in that game I think he can score points there if I win that game we go straight to round 24, in which he plays the Dragons, which I also think he could score points there. So he plays Manly round 25. So I definitely will not have Tom Din in my team round 25. But for the finals run, I don't mind him. For a halfback that I picked up off the waiver a couple of months ago, I really don't mind it. I had to wait for him to move to the Brisbane Broncos, which meant that I played without a halfback for a while. And this is the other aspect of my team they need to consider. Yes, I've scored the least amount of points, but... I did six weeks for Dearden. I held Katoni Staggs for the entire season till he's come back. I held Sifatalakai the entire season till he came back, then waited for six weeks of absolute dribble for him. Got nothing out of him. So there has been a couple of reasons why I'm not scoring as big as what I should have been, but it doesn't excuse the <laughs> the amount of points I have scored, yeah? There are little factors that go into it, but I still should have scored more than what I did. Um, Cody Walker, I've got him at six, and when you have a look at South Sydney's run home as well, this is what really excites me. Obviously, I that I liked Walker because I don't think he will get rested but also Cody Walker he's got some really good matchups so obviously week one of the finals he plays the Gold Coast Titans Uh, week two he plays the Panthers but the way that I'm seeing this, I'm not going to be playing in Week 2. That's the way I'm looking at it. If I am, I'm going to have to deal with it. But my plan is to win Week 1, not play Week 2. He then plays the Roosters at the SCG, which we know Cody Walker will be up for. And then he finishes that that season with the St. George of the Dragons in Round 25. By that point, AJ should be back as well. So I'm expecting Cody Walker to fire at the back end. We know what he did to the Roosters at the end of last season, which was unreal. It's been a bit of a weird year for Cody Walker. He's scoring tries left, right and centre, but he's not really putting monster points up and I mean you have a look at his scores throughout the season there was one game against Melbourne where he scored 16 outside of that he hasn't gone under 50 all season Um, and I would say without that he's probably averaging about 80 points realistically he's averaging 78 points right now take out that 17 that probably jumps to 80 but it's been the last five rounds he's really found himself scores of 76 110 99 130 79 and This was my worry with Cody the whole season is that he was never getting those 100-plus scores. Uh, 95 was his highest in the last four weeks. He's gone gone 99-plus three times, which has been sensational. Finally seeing some form out of Cody. Hopefully that continues because he's going to be my captain just about every week. And realistically, it all comes down to your captaincy in my competition. It makes a big difference. So hopefully Cody can keep going. Now, out in the center wings, it's been a really interesting year for me. I've had to make a number of changes. Katoni Staggs, I drafted from day one, which was sensational. I've had him all the time. He's now come back. He's playing good footy, averaging 57. Still not at his best. Uh, he's a guy that I'll just play no matter no matter what the matchup is, realistically, because he's just got that high-end X factor to him. A guy that I picked up off the waiver, which has been one of my picks of the season, not my best one, but one of, is Dallin wateni Zalesniak. Now, this guy, I saw him on the waiver wire and just thought, what on earth is he doing there? He has been unreal for me this year. The bloke that dropped him in my comp, he's only been playing uh, for a couple of years, and I think uh, I think that's going to be a tough lesson for him to learn. But having Dallin in my team, when he was at the Bulldogs and playing fullback, it was unreal. He was getting he was getting thirty odd base stats a week, and then all of a sudden this move to the Warriors came up, which was Sen. Since arriving then, it's been... His lowest score has been 47, and he hasn't scored a try yet. 47, 51, 75. He is a real X factor for me in this competition moving forward. But the best thing about Dalmatini's Lesniak is that I came up with the player of my season. And this is where... I sort of excel a little bit over everyone else in my competition. It's the waiver wire, and this is where I do my best work. The Guru he does his best work on the waiver wire, no doubt about it. I managed to get myself Reese Walsh this year, which was a sensational play. I really didn't have a fullback. I was really struggling to pick a one. Uh, getting Reese Walsh has been unbelievable, and to now have him partnered with Dallin Matenis Lesniak, that little combo, which I think will kick into gear soon. Hopefully, We're, we've actually seen it go the other way so far, where um. Where we've seen Dallin set up Reese Walsh. So if it does start to go the other way, which I think it's a matter of time until it does, I am really sitting in a good spot. And Reese Walsh, he's been unreal this year since arriving at the Warriors. Lowest score was 42. He's been unreal. He's averaging 72 points. He's actually averaging more than uh, what my first-round pick, Cody Walker, was. And you got to remember, he played uh, one or two games off the bench as well. He scored 100 off the bench against the Parramatta Eels. Uh, he's gone 98-plus three times. So, And you look at the Warriors' run home, and this is what has me excited, because I've got Reese Walsh, I've got Dallin Mateni-Zelezniak, And this week, I made a big play on the waiver wire on the free agent list, actually, and I posted this to you guys on the Instagram page and on the podcast. If you listened to that podcast earlier, you would have been the first ones to hear it. That, of course, Peter Hickou... He's due to come back over the next few weeks. Now, for me, I'm expecting Peter Hickey to line up at left center, uh, which will mean that I will have, hopefully, that entire left edge because I believe when Roger Sashek comes back, he'll sort of be out on that wing. He might be at 5'8". It's going to depend how it lays out. But regardless, I'm stacking my Warriors because they've got a good run home. Round 22, the first week of the finals, the one that I need to win, they play the Canterbury Bulldogs. I'm expecting the Warriors to put on a good performance there. You've got to remember as well, the other advantage I had was that that game was meant to be in New Zealand. That game was meant to be the home game, the farewell for Roger back in New Zealand. So for me, having all these Warriors, I was so excited about that. That plan has obviously fallen through, unfortunately, but I still think they'll really get up for that game. I think they'll be really excited for it. The next week after that, they play the Broncos, which would be great up there at a dry Suncorp stadium. As I said, I'm not planning on playing that week, though. It's kind of irrelevant, but a good matchup still if I need to play that week. Then they play the Raiders, um, and this one's obviously going to be up there in Queensland on a dry track. I was really confident about this one two or three weeks ago because the Raiders were going like a busted arsehole. They've sort of found a bit the last few weeks. That that one is going to be a tough matchup. That's not going to be as great as what I expected it to be. But I still think these Warriors, they can score points from anywhere. And the Raiders, they're still leaking so many points on their edges. So I think my guys can go well there, especially with these new forwards that have walked into this system. You've obviously had AFB come back. You've had Matt Lodge arrive as well. They've been sensational. You have lost Tohu Harris, no doubt about it. But I think Lodge and AFB, the amount of... The amount of football they get over the advantage line, the way that they get these guys on the front foot, they're just so damaging. And then, of course, in round 25... The New Zealand Warriors, they play the Gold Coast Titans on a dry track as well. It's a Sunday arvo there, I believe. So really excited about my Warriors moving forward. I'm glad that I've stacked this team. And it's sort of a bit of a tactic tactic that i have trying to take advantage of. The other guy I've got in my centres is Remus Smith. I've had him since day one. He averages 50 points. Um, Realistically, he needs to score a try to be overly relevant in this Melbourne Storm team. But... Let's be honest here, they're scoring 40 points a week. Uh, Remus, he's had a couple of big games. He can be disappointing, but he's also one of those guys that even if he doesn't score a try, he's not going to have a disaster of a score. I mean, when you have a look at his scores so far this year, he's, he's played nearly every game for Melbourne. I think he has played every game. I mean, on average... He scores 27 in base, so if he just gets a tackle break or two here or there, you can normally see him get 35 points. I'm just looking through his scores now. I mean, he's gone under 30 once this year. He got a 24 against the Sydney Roosters. So, outside of that, it's all been scores above 30. Uh, He's no stranger to scoring a try. He does need to score a try to probably go 50-plus, but... That's the reality of most centre wings. And I'll tell you what, if you're relying on anyone to score a try in the competition, it has to be Melbourne outside backs, doesn't it? I'm really excited for Pappy to return at fullback. I think that um, Nico Hines, he sort of, he's either, he, he tends to either cut out Remus or go himself. It's normally one or the other. He doesn't tend to use Remus as much as I would see him, as I would like to see him do. So I'm really excited to see Pappenhausen come back. Another thing that's sort of lining up for me a little bit. Uh, the last center wing well the, the last center wing that's in my starting team every week is a really interesting one and he was dropped to the waiver at the start of the year and I understand that cuz his first few performances were awful Jake Avarillo, uh, he went 18 14 32 in the first 3 weeks so averaging about 20 points over 3 weeks which was pretty awful considering he played Newcastle and the Brisbane Broncos. He played the Panthers too, but Newcastle and Brisbane to not really score well against those. Very, very disappointing. He was dropped. I picked him up because I've always liked Avarillo. I think he's got serious X factor. Since then, honestly, he's been unbelievable for me. He has been so good it's not even funny. He's gone – he's got a score of 18 and a score of 11 in his game over the last 10 or 12 weeks. But for my fourth centre wing, I mean, he's averaged 43 He's not in a team that's doing overly well, let's be honest here. When they do when they do play well, though, Canterbury, it comes off the back of him. With Kyle Flanagan out of the side as well, he also goal kicks. So another big advantage for Avrilov and something that I really like about him. Uh, I, I was desperate for a win a couple of weeks ago. I was in a game that I should have won. I went unders again, and I came down to him on the Sunday afternoon. He scored two tries against the St. George Illawarra Dragons. You'll probably remember that one. Scored 101, which meant that I won that game by about 40 points, which was sensational. So Avrillo, he is my little white. Card. He's a guy that he can either score me 20 or he can score me 100 but the more and more I look at his scores I mean he tends to score 35 to about 50 just about every week now so uh, very happy with Avarillo there as my fourth guy. The other thing I love about Avarillo is that he plays to the Bulldogs and we all know what the Bulldogs do at the back end of every season. I call it Canterbury season. We get to round about 18 onwards and you've sort of started to see that. They've performed well against the Roosters. They've performed well against the South Sydney Rabbitohs and then they run home. I really don't mind it. They've got Cronulla this week. They've got the Gold Coast the week after, then they got the West Tigers and then we come into Supercoach finals, they play the Warriors, who is a team that I'm stacking heavily but let's be honest here the Warriors, they're no strangers to, to leaking points. I think Avrilo can pick up a sneaky try in one of those games. They play the Knights the week after. Bit of a wild card team. Hard to get a read on Newcastle, who's going to be available. But that's also the week I'm not planning on playing realistically. Then they play Manly at Brookvale Oval. So I know how that's going to go. That's not going to be pretty for Jake. Uh, but that'll be one of those games where I could potentially drop him uh, and then hopefully get him back the week after. Because grand final week, they play the West Tigers. And that's a game that I would back Avrilo in to score some points. I think at the back end, there's going to be points left, right, and center in that game. Both teams are going to be out of contention for the finals, in my opinion. And I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. So Jake Avrilo being a goal kicker, and now he's a halfback. And look, I don't think he's a halfback. I don't think he's a great halfback either. But he's playing seven, which means he has a heap of touches of the ball, which really excites me. It's part of the reason why I also got Corey Waddell, because I think at the back end, the Canterbury Bulldogs, they will start to play some footy. Waddell's the sort of guy who we haven't seen much of it. attacking upside this year because Canterbury, they've been going like a busted. But I think at the back end of this season, you could see Corey Waddell average 55 to 65, get a couple of attacking stats as well. So another guy that I've stacked. The last guy on my squad, he wears jersey 17 in my team. He's been in and out. He sort of struggles a little bit. Amazingly, he's averaged 58 supercoach points. It's Jermaine Asako. And... To be honest with you, I dropped a podcast earlier today and you'll probably realize that I might be a little bit biased here about Xavier Coates moving to Melbourne. And I hope he does. I really hope he does because I think Jermaine Osaka, he deserves a spot in this team. He's the only real goal kicker in this squad as well. And I think that's going to matter for Brisbane moving forward. They're not going to blow teams out. It's going to be close. He's going to be there next year as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if Kevy does keep him in this team. Um, And look, the beauty of this is... As I said, I have stacked um, the New Zealand Warriors. I've also kind of stacked the Broncos, and I've stacked the right edge. I've got Katoni Stags, and when, when when Coates isn't playing, I've got Isako outside of him. So this is a combo that I like to have. And look, I'm not going to say that Katoni Stags is matchup proof, but. I would back Katoni Stags to create something in just about every single game he plays. And quite often, with Jermaine Osako outside him, I could double up on some points there. When I look at their run, uh, they play the Roosters week one of finals. Not ideal, but I I mean, I would back Stags in to create something at any point. They then play the Warriors, which would be a good match- matchup for them out on that edge, but uh, I hope not to be playing that week. Then they play the Sharks and Newcastle. So two teams that I think Katoni can create something, and I think Osako can be on the end of it. I think this Brisbane team, they're improving as the season goes on. I think they've got a heap of guys, and when they're not under pressure, they can actually play footy, and I think that's going to be the reality of the Broncos as we head into the back end of the season. I don't see the Sharks or the Knights really blowing them out. I I guess the Knights could if KP's on, but I think that Stags he's going to be able to create enough to make these two relevant. The other guy that I've had all year that I've been talking to you guys about for so long was Talakai. I've been so high on this guy all season. My hopes have been so high for him. Uh, we've seen over the last few weeks that he's actually managed to break into that squad. And I said all year, if Sifa can just become a starting back rower, I give myself a really good hope to win this competition. Uh, he's come in... He hasn't done well. He hasn't done well at all. He started the last two weeks and he has gone off, but he still played 53 and 60 minutes and he scored 31 and 22. I mean... He just doesn't look like the footballer he was. The, the the thing about draft that is so important that I think people underrate sometimes is that you've got to know when to admit you're wrong. I've probably pushed the envelope a little bit with Siffa, but I had to drop him this week. I've dropped him for Peter Hicku. I know he'll be on the waiver wire. I know someone will grab him very quickly. But then I also look at Siffa's run home. Um, and look, the, the first three weeks are pretty good. Newcastle and the Broncos, pretty good matchups. But I know in grand final week, I probably wouldn't use him anyway. They're taking on the Melbourne Storm, who I think will put a real number over Cronulla in that last game. So Siffer, he's one that I had my hopes so high on, it was not even funny. I've held him for, what is it, 18 weeks. I uh, made the decision this week it was time to go. Uh, so I've let him go for Peter Hickou. So a little bit of a gamble there, but... It was just time to go. I know I won't get him back. I'm hoping he goes quiet. I think he's got huge potential, but we just haven't seen it this year. He's not the Sifitalakai that I remember that I hoped he was going to be. So wasted a pretty early pick there. I think I picked him round five or round six of my draft comp. I went pretty early on Sifitalakai, hoping that at the back end, I would have Stags and him walk him. They'd be unreal. Thankfully, I found Avrilo. I found Dallin Matanis at Lesniak. That's been sensational. So guys, sort of went on for a little bit there, but just thought I'd just open the book and show you everything. Everything that I'm thinking as far as my super coach draft team goes, a guy I didn't talk about, but there was Andrew McCulloch. I mentioned I got him at hooker, just a solid guy. He's going to get me 50 to 60 every week. I've also got Radley for a bit of uh, versatility in at hooker. So depending on the matchups with my second rowers and with Andrew McCulloch, I could also put Radley at hooker and move them around like that. So as I said, spoken for a little bit about my draft team, I thought I'd just give you guys an insight into how I'm going to go about it. Uh, It's going to be tough for me to win this comp, no doubt about it. But I think I'm in a good place to be able to take advantage of the luck I've had and give it a real shake I wouldn't be surprised at all if I'm doing a podcast in eight or nine weeks talking about how I went through and won this draft comp but it all came down because of where I ended up the matchups I had and what happened in other results as well because it's going to be important I think to win these comps 80% of the time you've got to finish in the top four it can be really hard to win it outside the top four just winning that one extra game can be really tough because the other advantage is that if you win week one the next week, everyone on the waiver wire is looking for guys. That week, you have an opportunity to look at the, at the week coming so you get the opportunity to look at some matchups take a few gambles on guys and move fellas around it's a really really big advantage that I think is incredibly underrated obviously you have to win one less game which is great but being able to play on the waiver wire as well it's massive so obviously over the next few weeks I'll be heavily cheering on these New Zealand Warriors if I holds down that right edge I'll be all over the Brisbane Broncos as well and of course Cody Walker the linchpin from South Sydney he'll be my main man along with my second rollers. they're going to be really good the Roosters are important to me as well Takiaho and Radley I need them going through the middle third and playing good footy. If I could wish an injury on anyone it would probably be Jared Rhea Hargroves to be honest with you because Takiyah and Radley they'd be the big winners out of that Nathan Brown as well he's going to be very crucial especially with Mitch Moses out for a couple of weeks if they get another injury in their forward pack somewhere Brown he could be massive moving forward Luciano Le is the other one in my team a little bit of a wild card his scores haven't been great the last few weeks he scored 69 on the weekend everyone said oh you know he's going good he's back blah 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 you know, I, I'm not as convinced on it I won't be playing him this week they play the Manly Seagull so I won't be playing him but you look at his minutes the last few weeks, he hasn't played 80 for a couple of weeks. Um, he's been getting 40 base stats, which is good, because uh, he has got attacking upside. But if he wouldn't have scored his try on the weekend that was worth 29 points, I mean, all of a sudden we're looking at a 44 points, uh, forty four points, 40-point score from Luciano Le Lua against the Brisbane Broncos, which is a little bit disappointing, realistically. So he's a guy that I was really high on. Not sure if he'll make it to the end of the season with me, but when we have a look at the grand final matchups and the finals matchups, Luciano Le Lua, he plays the Cowboys week one and he plays the Bulldogs in grand final week. So two matchups that could be a little bit juicy for Le Lua depending on how the Tigers are traveling. If they're out of contention, I probably give them more hope here because I'll throw the ball around and that's what Lucy loves. So as I said, guys, a bit of an insight into my draft thinking. Um, uh, there's no hiding away that I have been lucky this season, but you've got to make the best out of your luck. I know there'll be a couple of guys in my comp snickering and laughing of me, me thinking I can win this comp, but I just... Genuinely think I can. So I'll keep you updated every week, how we go, how we're traveling. Hopefully the luck keeps falling our way. And then come finals time, this competition starts. Really looking forward to diving into it. I'll keep you guys updated. Hold up.